Take your scriptures in this hour and turn with me to John chapter 6. Today we begin a year-long communion series on the person of Christ incarnate and the work of redemption under the title, Contemplations at the Cross. Christology, the topical doctrine of Christ, as set forth in the scripture, makes much of the person he always was and the person he became for the redemption of humanity. You cannot think of Christ correctly without thinking about the person he always was, God. And the person that he likewise became, man, for the redemption of humanity. He was ever and always, as he is, God the Son. But he became, in the fullness of time, what he is now and forever, the God-man. The reason for God, the eternal Son, becoming man is, of course, redemption. Therefore, our consideration of Christ at communion will center upon his person and his saving work at the cross. Our first text is taken from John chapter 6. I'll begin reading at verse 25 and read through verse 30. And when they had found him, Jesus, on the other side of the sea, Galilee, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do? that we might work the works of God. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? We'll stop right there. Father, we are thankful this morning for a new series to prepare our hearts for the table of our Lord. And we ask in light of this particular weekend of emphasis that the Spirit of God would take the Word of God and work mightily within us that every saint 
might be clear and clean before the throne after a time of examination and prayer for full-hearted participation at the table of our Lord. Likewise, use the testimony of the gospel that is raised at the table to speak truth to the heart of every sinner. And for that, we will praise you in Jesus' name and for his blessed sake. Amen. Near the close of the 19th century, according to the U.S. Department of Labor, activists here in America pushed for a federal holiday to recognize the contributions of workers to America's strength, prosperity, and well-being. Quote, strength, prosperity, and well-being. Labor Day was placed on our national calendar by President Grover Cleveland in 1894, which, by the way, uh, 40 years after the beginnings of the First Baptist Church of Elto. Think of that. It seemed appropriate when thinking to launch our new communion series to focus upon what Jesus said about human labor and his gift of eternal life in preparation for our heartfelt participation at the table of the Lord. The Lord spoke on this occasion, as recorded in John 6, of two types of food uh, following the day in which food was really the big deal of the day at its end. The Lord spoke of two types of food on the day following the feeding of 5,000. In the same way, he spoke to the woman at Jacob's well about the two types of water as recorded in John chapter 4. The physical water that the Samaritan woman sought to draw from the well was not living water unto eternal life, even though it was good water for sustaining a physical life. Jesus, on that day of record, John 4, clearly told her that he alone had the living water to give that would bubble up unto eternal life. When the Lord told the crowd, John 6, seeking him, that they should not labor for the food that perishes, he was certainly not condemning physical work or eating. The Lord and his apostles after him commend physical labor as the ordinary means of God's provision to men on earth. The Lord Jesus was simply telling the crowd on this day of record as read that their motivation in seeking him on that day was misdirected and that they ought to be more interested in the kind of food that endures unto eternal life, which eternal life he gives. I want to pursue that matter a little further for insight into the person of Christ, the incarnate, uh, incarnate Christ, and his 
work of redemption. We begin by thinking about food and living. Food and living. Perishable food is exactly what our bodies use to sustain our physical lives on earth. Jesus said that free food on the day before, given to the crowd at the end of an extended teaching opportunity, was what motivated them to seek out Jesus on the next day. Our Lord indicated that it would have been better if the crowd had sought him and returned to him the next day because they saw his miraculous power, his miraculous ability on display and connected that to Old Testament prophecies concerning the Messiah. But rather they came seeking food to sustain their physical lives without working for it. When Jesus said, labor not for the food that perishes, he was not saying, don't ever have a job. He was not saying, quit working. He was saying that working for physical food uh, satisfies a lesser purpose than the greater purpose for which he came into the world. And the contrast between the food that perishes and the food that endures unto eternal life is the Lord's way of masterfully bringing uh, the uniqueness of his purpose, his mission, in the first advent uh, to the fore. Uh, You can still, by the way, draw a crowd with free food. If we would advertise on Facebook and advertise that anybody that came to the 11 o'clock hour uh, at the First Baptist Church of Elto today would be served a cheeseburger and fries at the end of the service, uh, I'm reasonably confident that we'd have more people than we do here today. People still respond to the offer of free food, something for which they don't have to labor. Just eat. Just eat. The Lord then said that they should have had desire and they should have had drive for the food that endures unto eternal life. When the Lord spoke of eternal, or I'm rather, when the Lord spoke of enduring food, food that endures, do you know what I thought about? Spam! The food that endures. I took this can out of our pantry. I think it's been in the pantry for about two or three years. Perfectly fine. Can is sealed. She's good for another four days with no power. Believe me. (laughs) Spam in a can. The American food that endures. No, that is not what the Lord's talking about. Uh, uh, That is certainly food that is available to us. And that food certainly does have an extended, extended shelf life. But the food of which Christ spoke, the food that endures like the water that endures unto eternal life, as previously referenced, 
is indeed the food which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The contrast is simple enough. Perishable food unto earthly life. Everybody understands that. Enduring food unto eternal life. The word enduring in verse 27 is likewise translated to abide. Enduring food. Abiding food. Abiding bread. The life of the Lord's focus and the emphasis was not that day upon one's earthly lifetime, but upon one's eternal existence. Jesus sought to redirect their minds not toward the immediate and the temporary and physical life here and now, but the quality of life eternal, both now and forever. Food and living, it's something that the creation of God has brought into the realm of our physical necessity. And on this day of record, it is something that God the Son brought to our attention to illustrate his mission in the first advent and producing, as it were, life opportunity for us of the eternal variety, eternal life to be enjoyed both now and forever. Life and giving, food and living. And that brings us to the second emphasis of the text, which is food and giving. Food and living, food and giving. The crowd did not work for the food they had eaten the day before. Jesus gave it to them as was necessary for their hearing opportunity. Jesus only supplied food for the purpose of hearing the word of God in opportunity. He did not just feed people. On this day, Jesus told them that he was ultimately uh, committed uh, and absolutely committed uh, to give them uh, food, but not the kind of food they had the day before, but the food that endures unto eternal life as appointed him by God the Father. The sentence structure of Christ's word, verse 26 and 27, makes Christ the giver under the certification and the authorization of God the Father. Giver is the right title for both the Father and the Son. Food and living, food and giving is brought to bear in this encounter of the Lord Jesus on this day of record. And then finally this morning, by way of devotional consideration, food and working. Giving perishable food to hungry people requires you to possess food enough to give. Our possessing of perishable food to give 
for the benefit of others is the ordinary outcome of our work. We work physically to provide for ourselves and to possess something with which to give. Exactly as Ephesians chapter 4 says that we ought to work so as to have something to give. On the day of record, Jesus provided perishable food for the crowd. He did so miraculously. The only labor involved was the designated work of distribution that was assigned to his disciples. On the day before this day of record, Jesus miraculously provided the food. You recall the story of the lad and his loaves and fishes? But the enduring food unto eternal life that is being talked about by Jesus on day two is likewise food and eternal life which Jesus came to give. And that which he came to give required of the crowd no work. Though their question was, what work should we do? No, the work required to supply the food enduring unto eternal life is the work of Jesus Christ as sealed by God the Father to do it. All of us here today know that work was the work of the cross. Theologically, we speak of the crucifixion of Christ as his earthly work to provide and to give unto us the food that endures unto eternal life. Theologically, four things are uniquely and biblically connected to the work of Christ at the cross. His death was, one, a reconciliation of God and humanity. His work was, two, a substitution for sinful mankind. His work, three, was a redemption from the penalty of creature sin. And his work, number four, was a satisfaction of God's wrath over mankind's sin, likewise called propitiation. The work of Christ was the work of reconciliation, the work of substitution, the work of redemption, the work of God's satisfaction. All of that work of Christ has been memorialized by God under ordinance given his church. After the Lord told the crowd what they should be seeking and what he would be giving, they asked him what work they needed to do to receive the enduring food unto eternal life. And Jesus said, verse 29, this is the work of God. God does the work so that God may give unto us eternal life. What should we do? Look at 
that ye believe on him, Christ, whom he, God the Father, hath commissioned, hath sent. You must believe on him who did the work of it as God sent him to do the work of it. Then Jesus goes on to speak of himself as the bread of life. Jesus is the living water that bubbles up unto eternal life. Jesus is the food that endures unto eternal life. He glorified the Father on earth. He finished the work that the Father sent him to do. Jesus literally worked himself unto death for us. That after his resurrection, he might give to all interested and believing people eternal life. This memorializes the work of Christ in order that he might give to all interested and believing people, eternal life. On this day of record, I call your attention this morning to the labor of Jesus Christ for the saving of the soul, for the soul's strength, for the soul's prosperity, for the soul's eternal well-being. What? A labor day that was. And by faith in Christ, this can be your best labor day ever. Father, help us to be a full-hearted and participating people at the table of our Lord. Thank you, oh thank you, for coming to this old sinful world in rebellion against thee, our God, yet coming in Christ, seeking and saving those who are lost. Oh, Lord, help us as those believing to rejoice in the person who is our Savior and the great work that he did do in order that the gift of eternal life might be given to any interested and believing soul. May our thoughts and prayers continue to rally around the cross this morning. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.